podcast i am your host Stephen morris and as always i am so excited for y'all to be here and today i have the most amazing bonus podcast for y'all it's mr pete senna and let me tell you he is an entrepreneurial genius slash legend this dude brings the hammer he brings some knowledge some wisdom and man it's just it's super powerful so i I can't wait for y'all to get into it so without further ado here we go all right my renowned friends i am so happy to be back and today i have an amazing brilliant all right brilliant guest with me mr pete senna who is a entrepreneurial genius can i call you an entrepreneurial genius does that does that shoe fit I am humbled and I'm never going to say no to somebody calling me a genius, but that's, uh, that's, it's a good thing I hear on a, on a Wednesday. So, yeah, I mean, it's a good thing for me. It's a good thing to hear any day, <laughs> but <laughs> hey man, so uh, thanks for joining us today. And I'm really excited to have you here. So real quick, go ahead and give us a quick, real quick rundown of uh, who you are and what you've done. Yeah, for sure. So my name is Pete Senna. Um, f- I always like to to do the why you should listen to me thing. So um, just to keep it simple. So I'm a creative entrepreneur. I've been building businesses since I was in my college dorm room. And, you know, I worked at a big corporation while in school and then um, managed to turn that into what became a digital agency, built up a digital agency. It was a national group. Um, took that up to an eight-figure business. And then from there, started doing a lot of angel investing. Um, still do a lot of angel investing and just continue to build businesses. So I think why people should want to listen to me is that I'm going to give them a no bullshit version of my background. I'd say my superpower is branding and marketing, specifically, how do you tell the right story and build a strategy to win customers and continue to get them over time. So I've worked across a number of different categories over the years, um, everything from consumer electronics to CPG to software as a service. Um, I've seen B2B, B2C, B2B, um, and I'm just a huge nerd. And I think r- right now, one of the things, I know this episode probably launched in a couple months from now, but one of the things I'm really big into um, is how do we start to think about AI and technology as a way to change the way that we work? And I'm just really jazzed about that. Um, as a technologist, it's really re- reignited the young geek in me. So that's me in a nutshell. That, that's awesome. And, and I'm, I wish, well, not really wish, when I, while you were in college, I, I was, uh, I was in the military and I wouldn't change my, my background for anything. Thank you for serving, but, by the way. But, oh, thank you. Whenever I, I think about it though, it's like, man, I wish I would have started this when I was much younger, like this whole entrepreneurial dream, which I never had until I got out of the military, but you started in college, man. Like, I did. was it on purpose? Did you intentionally start a business in college? So the short version is no, I didn't. Um, so basically the reason I started a business was the thing that I wanted to do was not available. And, you know, like most businesses, either there's, you know, they always say, accept what you can't change and change what you can't accept. Right. So I couldn't accept the fact that people wanted me to just be a designer or just be a coder. And I just didn't accept that. I was like, I want to be both. Nowadays, it's very popular to be both. But back then when I was doing this, we're talking 2004, it was pretty rare. 
So ultimately that led to, to me basically deciding that I didn't want to do the traditional nine to five and live somebody else's dream. I wanted to, to live my own dream. I didn't see an opportunity uh, to go and do that. So I went and started my own thing. And that's ultimately what, what got me to where I'm at today. I think that's incredible because for me, um, starting my own company was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. And it it's may have been scary, different, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it might've been different for you because you didn't realize you were doing it at the time. Exactly. But, but I, I still think like, once you realized what you had going on, you're like, Oh crap. When, when did you, when did that sink in? Like you actually had the start of what ended up ultimately being an eight figure business. Yeah. So when you say, when did it kick in in terms of like, when did I feel the, the fear or when did, when, when did you realize what you had done? That's a great question. I don't know if I still, I, I don't know if I even to this day realize what I've done, to be honest. <laughs> um, you know, they say that the, the windshield in the car is much bigger than the, in the rear view mirror because they want to be looking ahead, not in, in the rear view. Right. So that's mm -hmm. kind of for me, but I think that the sort of what I like to call is the oh shit moment. The oh shit moment that happened for me was when I was looking at the accounting at the time, you know, I was in the weeds on everything, you know, just starting a business. And there was a bunch of people who had left their jobs. Some of them had kids and they came to work for me. And I was just a young guy at the time. And it hit me because I'm like, these people, their livelihood, their children's, you know, healthcare and, and life re resides on me. Um, and at the time that was in the early days. So I didn't yet have a co-founder. It was just me. Um, but that's where it really, where it got real, real fast. Um, and I think that I learned that this wasn't just a hobby anymore. This was like a real business and this needed to work. And it was like, do or die or like, let's go. Um, and that was the moment that, that it happened. You know, I'll be honest, still to this day, I very much have imposter syndrome. I still see myself as like the skinny, scrawny 19 year old kid that started a business. And, you know, so when I look back, people tell me, oh, you've done this or you've done that. And um, I'm just always focused on like, what's next? you know, what's the thing in front of me, not the thing behind me. Um, and now like as a father, as a husband, you know, as an employer, um, an entrepreneur, there's a lot of people that rely on me. Right. And I think that thinking about that too much is like kind of paralyzing to be totally honest with you. So I think just for me really focusing on what's, what's next and what's that strategic vision in my head, what's that North star and just staying, I am the prize that's the only thing I know how to do because when I, when I stop to reflect on what I have done or haven't done, then I start going into comparison mode and I'm comparing myself to this one or that one or whatever. And that's when the crisis kicks in and that's where the anxiety and the ADHD kicks in and all that. And I'm just like, that's just a little bit crippling. So I'm not trying to do that. Man, that's <clears throat> this is a great point. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to trigger you there. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, dude, all good, bro. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stand up and walk away. <laughs> That's awesome. So one of the, one of my big things is, you know, so I, I started my company just kind of like you just, I wasn't down, like military life is completely different than civilian life. And so when I got into the civilian life, I'm like, yeah, this isn't for me. Like, I, I can't, I can't function this way I, is I gotta have something different and so that that's how my company got born nice but and, and I think now that I've done it I think everyone should I you know at least have some sort of side hustle because one you learn 
dude, I learned more in the first month than I probably have in my entire life. Right. Like it was insane. It's um, real when you're the one signing the checks, isn't it? Right. Um, it was insane. And uh, when you're getting uh, ceased and assist orders, cause you didn't understand what copyright law was. Um, <laughs> right. Um, you learn real quick and I'm not embarrassed about it. I don't regret it because it's like, Oh, my bad dude. Sorry. I'll, I'll quit right now. Um, but it, it, I learned so much. And then on top of that, it is that the drive, once you have your own thing, you have that drive to just keep, keep like you said, keep the eye on the prize, keep pushing forward. So what, what were, were you, let, let me ask it to you this way. Uh, 18 year old me is coming to Pete for, because I got this dream of starting a company what what advice what strategies are you going to give me give me three key strategies sure so the first thing i do with any situation is i always lead with curiosity and wonder i like to lead with curiosity and wonder over judgment and everything i do so first thing i'm doing if i'm meeting you as your 18 year old self is i'm going to ask you why do you want to start a business and you and we could play this game if you'd like so Let's, let's do this, right? So why do you want to start a business? Because I want to change the world. Okay, awesome. So what is it about the world that you want to change? Um, I, I don't like the fact that people are slaves, quote unquote, uh, to their jobs. I don't okay. like that, that, they, that the, they, they lack the leadership in their own lives to take control, be the CEO of their own life, basically. Okay. Why do you believe that people don't have agency in this world? I mean, look at it. Like, okay. It's everywhere for you to see. Is there any scenario that you can point to that shows me where the world looks a little bit more like the world that you'd like it to see? Um, working for me. Okay. <laughs> what is it about working for you that is going to be different than working with or for someone else? Because I would, I would empower my employees. I would okay. mentor guide, just empower you. You want to start, you know, when, it, when my, my old employer found out I was starting my company, <clears throat> I, I got uh, looked down on for it, mm. right. Trying to better myself. That's the wrong mentality that should be celebrated. I would celebrate those things. I would push those things, encourage those things, train those things. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that your mental model of self-employment at 18 is based on a set of leadership principles that you didn't see modeled with you or for you in other organizations you've been at. So I would probably challenge you a little bit at 18 because at 18, you probably don't have a ton of experience. And I probably would have went, I would have went five wise deep with you in a similar scenario, the one that we were just having. And what I would start to do is understand really what is it that you're trying to do and how do you see the world today? How do you see the world in the future? And how do you believe you get there? And I think what I would try to do in the most encouraging way possible is really understand and guide you down understanding yourself, not having me tell you to do this or to do that. Cause ultimately then that's not going to help you. If you did, wh whether you did listen or you didn't listen, then I become a barrier to where you're trying to get to, right? Because then if I'm not around to give you the advice, then I'm a barrier. Then if I give you the wrong advice, I'm a barrier. So for me, I can share perspective, right? I would, I would want to understand what it is that you want to do. I don't think that 
entrepreneurship is for everyone. I really don't. I think a lot of people think they want to be an entrepreneur when really what they want is more freedom or what they want is more mentoring, what they want is more self-development opportunities. So what I do a lot of times with people is I understand what the true why is. And there's a set of processes that I do to do that. One of them is like helping you figure out what your green zone is. So like, what's your sort of zone of genius, right? Like what's the things that you want to be that lights you up? And then what are the things that take energy from you? And because the truth of the matter is, is that a lot of people, especially me at 19, you know, I thought that starting a business means that I'm going to get to make cool shit for the internet all day long and get to, you know, do design and do code and do cool stuff. But the reality is when you're running a business, it's not about focusing on the what anymore. It's about focusing on the who. It's about figuring out, okay, mm-hmm. you're, here's the strategic vision. Here's who is going to do these key pieces. And then you become much more like a conductor in the orchestra than the best first violin or the best drummer or whatever. So I think that's where I like to do that dialogue with people because sometimes at the end of that conversation, they decide on their own that entrepreneurship is not for them. Sometimes at the end of the conversation, they get really fired up and they're like, yeah, this is amazing. So I think that entrepreneurship and entrepreneurs that are successful, I think have a set of principles in my mind that going back to your first question that I think need to be present. And these are behaviors. And in my opinion, you can't be a great entrepreneur unless you A, understand that it's not about you, it's about the people. It's not about you, it's about the vision and the purpose. It's about the transformation you create in the world and in other people. And then there's the principles, right? One, what happens when you get knocked on your ass, right? Obviously you've been in the military, so you know a thing or two, but the reality is not a lot of people know how to fail. Not mm-hmm. They need to know how to get back up, how to keep going. I see that a lot lately with what I call the YouTubeification of America, where people see a YouTube star, they see the private jets, they see the Kim Kardashian money and that life, but they're not willing to do the work to get to where they want to get to. They think that they're going to get an easy break. Um, and the reality is if you look at all these people on Instagram, they've done the work to get there. You know, they've, they've hustled, they're grinding. Many of them have the busiest, craziest schedules. I've had the pleasure of working with and knowing some celebrities over the years and they work hard. They're the hardest people working in show business, literally. So I think to that end, I want to understand the big why. And I think the principles of, do you have high EQ? Are you, meaning, are you emotionally intelligent? Do you have high AQ, university quotient? Are you able to get knocked down and get back up? Do you have a sense of leadership, both in how you lead yourself and how you lead others? And I think if you don't have those principles, you know, EQ, IQ, and a core vision, I think that that is most likely going to be a strong predictor for failure and a lack of success, but more importantly, lack of success in the sense of joy and fulfillment. I think that a lot of people think that they want to be entrepreneurs, but what they realize is they just want control and agency over their life. I think what's beautiful about today is you can have control and agency in your life without having to own a business. So that's probably what I would do is ask a lot of questions to help you get to, you know, ultimately what was right for you. And it sounds like you find what's right for you, but not everybody does. So that's probably where I would start. I don't know if that's helpful. Yeah, no, that that is really helpful. I would challenge you though, because to me, and I think that's, I think it's just a a difference in definition of what entrepreneurship is. Um, Mm -hmm. And you kind of hit on it at the very end of what you were saying, and that is uh, entrepreneurship to me is nothing more than control over your life. It doesn't necessarily mean you own your own business. It could mean you have, you know, a main career that you love and then some side hustle. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. I I, I mean, so I don't want to nuance, right? Because I think it's like, I'm not. I'm not Webster, right? So I'm not the dictionary, but I think that when I think about entrepreneur, right? Like let's let's just do this as an exercise, right? Like 
because I'm really curious to see if I was Webster, right? Entrepreneur, a person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. So again, that's just the first thing that came up. That's Oxford, not Webster. But like for me, I think that having agency over one's life, having a sense of boundaries on, on how you live your life and where your time goes, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to do that, right? I hear the term that I see get used a lot these days is called solopreneur, right? Which is, mm-hmm. you know, I have a lot of friends who are solopreneurs that, and some of them are very successful. Some of them, you know, make a million dollars a year um, in terms of what they put in their pocket or more. Um, and they're, you know, one person businesses with some, typically some contractors or vendors, or maybe if they're a creator, they can maybe make a little bit more than that in some cases, but I wouldn't define those as entrepreneurs, right? Um, just in the, in the truest sort of French definition of it. Right. Um, Fair enough. but, but I think what, what I, I like about this dialogue with you in this conversation, well, I like a lot about it, but one thing I like specifically is that you talk about the juxtaposition between being in the military and being a civilian. If you had to define for me the core differences, because I wasn't in the military and I'm sure a lot of people on your audience um, were probably not as well. What's the core definition or juxtaposition between being in the military and being a civilian? Um, purpose. Understood. So really what I'm hearing is, is when you're in the military, there's a, there's a sense of what you're fighting for. You're fighting for your country. You're fighting for your people around you. Is that fair? That, that, that purpose? Um, more of the, the people to your left and right, more of hmm. mission. Um, all good soldiers, I think have a sense of right and wrong hmm. and we're doing our best to help people and right the wrongs in there. You know, like, Iraq, Afghanistan wars, you, you can say what you want politically about it. Um, I, I may agree or disagree. Um, I'm not a fan uh, of either war. I, I think both wars needed to be fought. However, staying in Iraq for 14 years and Afghanistan for 20 years is idiotic. Um, we could have been done in two years on each um, maximum. Wow. So, I mean, um, but with that being said, and my time spent there, I would like to think I helped more than I hurt. Understood. Um, and I, I developed friends that I still talk to on Facebook and text today in Iraq and Afghanistan, both. Um, and, and so that that is our purpose. I love that. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And again, I appreciate the service as well. I think it's, I asked that question because I think that the other day I was in a meeting. So I haven't had a boss in tw- over 20 years, mm-hmm. right? Um, and as in the meeting the other day with an entrepreneur, I was interviewing them for my podcast, Forward Obsessed. And I had this moment and I just said to the, to the guy, I could see myself working for you. Just the way he exuded calm, clarity, Mm-hmm. measured delivery of what he was saying. I was like, wow, you, you could tell this guy would just be cool as a cucumber under pressure. I could see him dealing with situations. And I was like, this guy's a leader. And for me, it was the first time in a while where I was like, I can work for this guy. And I actually told him after the, after the interview, I was like, you know, I, I, I can never see myself working for somebody, but I can see myself working for you. 
And I think what he did in that meeting, he mentioned purpose. And I love that you mentioned that. Because what he was talking a lot about was like, just being really radically clear about why are we doing what we're doing and how important everybody is in, in that mission, in that vision to bring that to life. And that to me, like he, he referred to it as psychic capital. He was saying that like a lot of people that worked on the team with him would get interviewed by other people, other companies trying to poach them and other companies would be offering him a ton of money and a ton of perks and stuff. And he, and he, one time he, uh, someone asked the question like, well, why do you stay around and work at this company? And the person said, well, psychic capital. It's how I think and feel. It's, it's, it's how I feel going to work every single day. So I just wanted to challenge that a little bit with you just because I think that clearly you're an entrepreneur, right? I can see that about mm -hmm. you just from our conversation before kind of turning the, the red light on. But I think there's a lot of people listening to this right now that might just have a crappy boss or might just work for an organization that lacks purpose or good leadership. I don't feel like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Um, and I don't, I think you can have control and locus of control over your life by not being an entrepreneur, but I think that you have to be principled in your thought. And what I mean by that specifically is, again, I've been running a company for over 20 years, multiple companies actually. And in some cases, I have less control over my life than some of my friends who work at, you know, Amazon or Netflix or Facebook, right? Because the buck stops with you when you're an entrepreneur. When there's, when there's a thing that needs to get done and there's not somebody to delegate it to, or, you know, it's time to, to pay the tax man or whatever it is, that buck stops with you. And sometimes that means you're going to have to miss your ki kid's recital, or you're going to have mm -hmm. to miss, you know, the thing you want to do on the weekend. Um, and that's entrepreneurship. And I think any entrepreneur worth their muster, and I'm sure you feel that too, right? It's like the buck stops with you, but that's empowering, right? Cause it's like, yeah, the buck stops with me. Like if, if it all goes to shit, it, it's my fault. If it all goes well, it's because I brought a good team together, right? I'm going to take all the blame for for my for my mistakes, and I'm going to share the successes with the teams I bring together. So that's how I like to think about leadership. But I don't want people to feel like their only choice if they want control over their life is to go be an entrepreneur because I think that's a fallacy. I think that's just my thoughts on it. But <laughs> uh, so before we started recording, we were talking about um, <clears throat> we were talking about a uh, 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 oh, good grief! How did I? just complete philosophy. Yeah. And I, I like that you bring up fallacy because that is a huge uh, philosophical uh, term. Yeah. When we're, when you're taking a philosophy classes in university, that, that is something that you focus heavily on. Um, and, and I would agree with you. Uh, the, so let, let me explain real quick why I say what I say. And yeah, please. I'm, I'm really curious. If, if you look up the root word, of entrepreneur, and I can't remember how to pronounce it, but it's an 18th century, 17th century French word, I believe. Um, but but the meaning of the root word is to undertake. Um, so for, for me, life is all about, the purpose of life is about what missions I undertake, right? So when, when I say anyone can be an entrepreneur, it is what are you doing in your life to undertake your purpose? I love right? that. Right. And so that that is what that that's what I mean. I totally get you're 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 speaking in more of a uh, a factual business sense. Yeah. No, I, I, I love that. I, I'm I glad totally that you said that too. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree with. Uh, and I think I'm coming more from a spiritual sense. Oh, I love that. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad you said that because at first I was like, 
No, I'm pretty sure an entrepreneur is. But no, you're. I think I think when you describe it that way, getting to the etymology, getting to the energetic feel of being an entrepreneur, I do believe that everybody can be an entrepreneur for sure, um, uh, both spiritually, energetically, financially, emotionally. So right. yeah, no, I love that. I think um, I just always want to be mindful of. I never want to be the guy that sells hustle porn. I never want to be the guy that's like, <laughs> go work harder. You know, um, that's right for me. I've but that's never not heard me. that. I've never heard that term, hustle porn. You've never heard that? Just just go hustle. That, uh, yeah, I've never heard that. Is that what it is? Just work harder, so, work harder, work harder? So hustle porn, I think, came up a lot where you've got like the Gary Vaynerchuks of the world, the Grant Cardones, these like really prolific like social media influencers, right? Like Patrick Bet David. Like these are folks that built these like very illustrious big businesses right and then they've also built really big social profiles and you know they they um they talk about like hard work a lot and i think that sometimes people who are not entrepreneurs so as entrepreneurs a lot of times we we glorify the hard work the grit the you know gary v calls it the the dirt in the clouds right like you you get your feet in the dirt i think is what he says but i think the challenge is a lot of people especially younger generation today you know, they, they're like very much like, Oh, don't, don't trigger me with that hustle porn kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's sort of so a funny. Yeah. I so I, I, I didn't make up the term. I, it's, it's one that I just always want to make sure that I represent myself well, which is like, my story is my story. It's, it's, it's what I've done. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's like, here's what's worked for me, not worked for me. But what I I'd never want to do is like, I never want to push something onto someone that is not right for them. And one of the things I've seen just in doing a lot of startup accelerators where I do a lot of those kinds of things where I'll get brought in as a judge for, for pitch competitions or help people raise money or whatever it is, is I think a lot of people chase entrepreneurship on the business sense, not the philosophical sense, because they're really lost on the personal sense. And that's where I think the philosophy comes into play is like sometimes people don't want to hear the truth about themselves. So they run from it. And sometimes running from it means I'm going to start a business and do whatever. When really that person would be way happier if they just understood who they are. You know, it's like that Mark Twain quote, right? The two most important days in your life, one, the day you're born, two, the day you know why, right? So like for me, that that's something I think that like self-awareness is like the number one trait that makes a great leader, in my opinion. Um so yeah, it's just my thoughts on that. But now I'm nervous because we're gonna go, we're gonna get philosophical, and that now we're gonna get exciting. But <laughs> I mean, we don't have to if you don't want to. But no, 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 I, I do, I do love what you said, and, and it is. I think the number one problem, and this is solely an opinion. I have no fact to back it up. I, and but I think the number one problem is we've lost our. But basically, what you were talking about in the very beginning is why. And, but I, I will say it a different way. And that is purpose. If you go, if you go out onto the street and you had, you stop 10 people and say, what is your purpose on this planet? What is your purpose for living? They're not going to answer you. They're not going to have a clue how to answer you. But if I ask you what your purpose is, I'm sure you're going to have an answer for me. I have an answer instantly. Yeah. So, you know, just, and just for, so, you know, I'm not BS and my, my purpose is to impact as many lives as I possibly can in the short time I have left on this planet. 
in any way I possibly can for the positive. That is my sole purpose. I'm glad that you said that for the positive because I was like, I was like, please don't just say impact as many lives as possible. Because I'm like, oh, so like you're Hitler, you're gonna create genocide. <laughs> right. right. That's impacting no. a lot of lives, right? Right. But, Fair enough. Yeah. 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 So for the positive. So I love yeah, that. glad, glad I man, I gotta watch you. You try to catch me. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I, I added that. But anyway, yeah. So that like that's my purpose, is I, I just I wanna help people. I wanna help people find what what I have. Yeah, and I love that. The, the most important thing I ever learned is what you talked about. And that is my why, my, my, my identity, who I am. I'm a fighter. I can get punched in the face a million times and stand back up. I don't care if I have to work 160 hours in a week. That's okay. And for the record, there's only 164. So, I mean, <laughs> not a lot of time to, you know, I, I'm okay with all of it. Yeah. I understand I'm, I'm crazy and most people aren't like me. That's okay. I don't want you to be like me. I want you to have your purpose. And if yeah, you have that. your purpose, you have your destiny, you have your roadmap, you have your GPS to fulfill and live a happy life. All right, everybody. I just want to interrupt the podcast really, really quick and uh, take a minute to tell you all about the brand new renowned coaching system. This is a system I've personally designed and put a lot of thought and effort and love into. It's an amazing system. Let me tell you real quick why it's an amazing system because you get real time analytics. You get to see exactly where you were when you started, where you currently are, and how close you are to achieving that ultimate goal that you set at the very beginning. You get analytics for everything. More importantly, the accountability with this system is the best you'll find anyplace else in the world. I get to see everything that's going on and make sure that you are staying accountable to the goals you set. It's, it's truly powerful. You guys just got to see it for yourself. Go to renownedleadership.com. Go to the top right-hand corner. Click book a call. You'll get to come talk to me personally, and I will personally give you a tour of this system. It is truly amazing. It's one of a kind, and it's truly, truly powerful. I'm so excited. I can't wait to show you all. That's uh, all I got to say about it. So let's get back to the podcast. I love that. No, I think it's an amazing purpose. I think it's, uh, I love how crisp and clear you are on it too. And I think that it's like, you're just going to be relentlessly focused on making it happen. So yeah, it's great. I mean, my, my purpose is I have this belief that creativity and curiosity are broken. And I think what I'm here to do both in the circles that I show up in the places that I represent is like just lead people to unlock the creativity and the curiosity in themselves that they were born with, that they might've forgotten about over time. So like as a father, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, my, what I'm here to do is similar to you is give people back the gift of creativity and curiosity by showing them that it exists within themselves. One of the, my favorite things to do with a group of people is I go around the room and I say, Hey, raise your hand if you think of yourself as creative. And one of the most heartbreaking things for me is when I see someone whose hand doesn't go up and you can just see themselves judging themselves. So then I do a series of different exercises with them. Usually they're called design thinking exercises. And then I make the mental shift. And you know, I, I tell a story a lot and um, I'm gonna talk about her. Um, her name's Rochelle. Um, she was uh, an executive assistant of mine and she's you know badass. And she's she's worked for you know the Bridgewaters of the world, literally. And remember, one of the exercises was like kind of a rite of passage. I have a, we found one of our cards like laying around. One thing I'll show it to you on the, on the camera. But um, we had this rite of passage at, at my company, DS, well, one of my companies where we would, um, 
it's on the business card. It's a, it's a sentence about you, who you are. So, you know, back in the day, obviously now we don't do as much physical stuff, but back in the day, everyone had a business card and what you do in your first 90 days is a series of things. One of which is you'd pick what goes on your business card, not your title, which is there, but you'd pick your statement. So my statement was, I make things happen. Um, that was my statement. And I remember she was like, can you just, just pick what's going to be on my, on my card? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, you're the creative one. You just pick it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, hold on. And we went through an exercise. And after that, um, creativity was unlocked. And one of the things that um, I remember, and I'm I'm glad I'm telling the story because I'm very fond of it. I remember we were talking about something. And then a couple of weeks later, I just started seeing this immense amount of creativity coming out of her and everything she was doing. And then ultimately she went on to go start her own company um, (laughs) where she was doing relationship coaching and strategy. And she's just this incredible, amazing person. And such a big part of the way she does her work now is creative led. So I think the thing is we ourselves are blockers. It's It's a true story. She would laugh and tell you the story right now if she was on the pod with us here. And for me, that's just one example of a million that ties back to my purpose, which is we're all born creative. We're all born with curiosity, but then it gets beaten out of us. It gets trained out of us. It gets modeled out of us. And for me, I think that's ashamed. And I think that what I chase now in life, I, don't, I try not to chase anything, but what I chase now is joy and fulfillment. And I realize for me, when I look at joy and fulfillment, whether it's my two-year-old son, seeing the way that he gets so excited and inspired by the world, that, that place of wonder it comes from a place of curiosity. When we strip away our curiosity, when we strip away our creativity because of a linear broken education system or because of you know challenges that we're born into or maybe we're brought into, you know, in some cases, maybe we we end up going off to war like 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 you have, or maybe these different things are taken from us or we're born into um, a tough situation. And I I recognize my my place of, of privilege. I I had a lot of privilege growing up that. Um, not a lot of people have. So I want to create that platform for folks to be able to do that. So that's my purpose is like to unlock creativity and curiosity in, in people in themselves. And really I'm just here as a guide, right? Like I'm I'm not this magic wizard. Like for me, it's about asking questions that unlock different unconventional responses in people. And I do that in business, right? Like as a storyteller, as a branding expert, all I'm doing is helping people tell real authentic stories and digging them down and f- ripping them out of, of these, these businesses, these brands, these products that we sell, right? Like that's what I do for a living. And I think my purpose is when I'm doing that, like it's not all rainbows and sunshine, right? Like I hate, no. you know, the, the accounting meetings, I hate, you know, the meetings about meetings and stuff. And there's, there's to some degree, there's a lot of shit you do as an entrepreneur and you know, it. you're smiling because you know it that we don't love to do. Right. But I'll tell you, like when I have that unlock moment with a person, whether it's one person or a hundred, and I've done it with both, it like that one energy unlock will help me push another 160 hours, like you said. So yeah, that's my purpose. And you know, I think that what I'm starting to wake up to now as as I've become a dad and as I'm starting to like see the world a little bit differently, getting a little bit er- older, not being the young guy in the room anymore, feeling like I'm the old guy in the room now, is like, oh man, like. If I'm going to really make an impact, I've got to give people the tools, right? Back in the day, it's like, I had all the answers. Now I want to be the guy that has all the questions. Oh, I love that. That is great. That, and that's, that's true leadership, you know, that right there, because I mean, the philosophy right now in leadership is, 
a, a true leader creates a bunch of many versions of themselves. And you do that by like what you said, unlocking the tools that they have inside them. And, and, but I want to go back to the creativity thing, because I, I absolutely adore that. If you would ask me, so m my company will be a year old, uh, September 1st. Congratulations. So coming up on our year anniversary. I'm Amazing. so excited. Thank you. Um, doing great, chugging along. And when I started, uh, you know, I, I'm a firm believer in not reinventing the wheel. So I hired a bunch of coaches to help me with things, you know, figure awesome. things out. Um, and I wish I know, did that in my first year in business. I did not. Right. Damn, I could have used it back then. Yeah. So, um, one of the one of the things I, I said repeatedly is I'm not creative. I'm not creative. I'm not creative. And I firmly believed I wasn't creative. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I didn't have you to help me unlock my creative potential. Well, I'm here now. But ultimately, what ended up happening is I had to be creative. Mm -hmm. I had no choice. Like it, it just figure it out or die basically not not literally die but let your business die it yeah. was i had to be creative yeah. and so and, and you know when especially when you're a startup because you're strapped for cash you borrowed a ton of money you know or at least i did to mm -hmm. to to start this you know you in the beginning you have no income you just have outflow like and you're freaking out and you're like, what, well, dear God, what did I get myself into? Uh, you, you know, the journey you, you've seen it a million times. And, and it, it was like, I have to be creative. I just have to figure this out. Yeah. And now I, if you ask me, am I as creative as you and my own right? I would say, yes. Can yeah. you make cool way cooler designs than me? Probably, probably can. But you know, when it comes to strategic planning, like that, and that's what I learned. I've been creative my entire life because yeah. in the military, strategic planning was very much what I did. Amen. That is, that is very creative. Yeah. Like you're, you know, when you're getting shot at, you're being creative as hell because you're having to figure out how to, how to maneuver and not yeah. get dead. And well, so, labels, I mean, labels limit us though, right? Like it's, it's funny to hear you say that because your mental model on creativity, you're like, Hey, you can probably design cooler stuff than me. Right. Your mental model and creativity, you know, typically when people hear the word creative, they think of art or they think art, of music yeah. mm -hmm. or they think of, you know, something visual, um, which is a natural tendency. I hear that a lot. Whereas, you know, what you described strategic planning is all about problem solving, right? It's about what strategy is, is realizing that there's an unlimited amount of things we can do, but there's a finite amount of things we can do, right? Or should do and will do, right? So that I think work. that it... It, that work. Exactly. So I think that's strategy, right. In the most simple form. So I think that people, a lot of times will, will label themselves and that label. So I would say it's not about, or it's about, and, right. That's a big principle mm -hmm. of mine in life is don't make it about, and, about, or make it about, and, and I think that creativity notion is like, well, what does creativity mean to you? And like, what I do with a lot of people is I'll, I'll ask, okay, if, if someone says, no, I don't think I'm creative. Typically I'll, I'll make them prove to themselves that they are. And I don't do that. Like, like a Tony Robbins would, right. I do that by basically saying, okay, well, tell me about yourself. Like Sometimes I hear someone's like really into cooking or baking or gardening or fishing or whatever it is. And it's like, well, you know, what's the difference between me and you going fishing right now? And it's like, well, you know, I'm going to put the lure on this way and it's going to help me fish because I, I, this is, the, this is the process I use and where I go to fish. 
that's hella creative, right? So for me, I think creativity right. is is removing the labels and the limits that we put on ourselves, limiting beliefs we put on ourselves to understand what is possible. And that's where that curiosity comes in. When you start to feel curiosity and creativity, two of which are big core values on, on how I live my life, that's where I think that just magic happens, right? Is we remove the constraint and now we can be creative. And that's why I think that like, it's it's interesting. I would say you're hella creative just from what I learned about you today in our conversation. But even at first, you almost at first described yourself as, I don't think I'm creative, but now you've embraced it. But mm-hmm. before all you had to do is update your definition of creative. And this is where I think that modeling is so important, right? By modeling, I mean, if you're in a system, whether it's a people, a process, a uh, a lifestyle, whatever it is that is made you to believe that you are less than, no, these are the creative people. You're not creative. Now, all of a sudden you're in this, in this box where you have seen yourself as not this thing. And that's where I think that a lot of times people get stuck with creative because we are born creative. It's just taken away from us. And, or if we let it, if we let it. So I hope that's helpful. No, absolutely. It is. And I agree with you 100%. And it's just, it's just, it was mind blowing me or mind blowing to me when I realized like, holy shit, I am creative. I'm just creative. I'm not artistic creative. I'm creative in a different, in a much different way than what I always labeled because you're absolutely right. That is 100% how I labeled creative. Yeah. And so, you know, when I, when I look at content creators, like Mm -hmm. before I started this. It's like, I wish I could do that. That's really cool. Now I realize I can do that. I can't do it like they can because I'm not my creative genius or not genius, but my creative space isn't Mm -hmm. the same as theirs. My creative space is more analytical and business and, you know, strategy. So yeah, I absolutely love that definition. Yeah. But time is really flying from us. And I really want to talk to you about this. So we're going to completely derail this conversation and i really thank you for going going in the weeds with me on that i really Happy appreciate to. it it was, it was awesome no but, this is um, a fun conversation it's, it's so nice to not be doing the typical 10 questions on a podcast so i i, I was excited <laughs> for this one when you reached out so awesome so um ai how excited are you for ai i'm really excited for ai but i'm also really terrified for ai because why and know, why so again, as someone who practices creativity and curiosity in every aspect of my life, I believe that the possibilities are endless for what AI can do for us as a civilization. I believe that it can automate the mundane and leave lots of space for new form of creation, co-creation. I believe it can create opportunities to bring us closer together as a species for the way that we were designed to connect with people, which is truly to connect with people, not connect by pushing a little heart emoji on one of these platforms on, on one of these things, but being able to truly connect. And I think that's what I'm excited about for AI. What I'm terrified for, about for AI is how I'm already seeing people lose their ability to be creative and be problem solvers. What I mean by that specifically is in a world where these large language models can write code, explain code, and do code, in a world where they can dream up pictures based on words in our mind or thoughts we have or want, no different than when people stopped being able to use basic math skills because they relied too heavily on the calculator, 
or they stop being able to answer questions or trivia at a dinner party because they always have Google in their pocket. In a world that becomes over-reliant on these AI tools, I can see how the world and the systems will break down for starters. So one, I think it's gonna it can unlock or limit human potential in a big way. Um, a good example is I find myself now, I'm using these AI tools every single day. And when one of them goes down, which sometimes they do, um, an API isn't working as planned or whatever, a system is being upgraded. You see the stress that that can produce on a system when they're heavily relied on that. So that's that's one thing. To get more specific, I think that when we unlock AGI or artificial general intelligence, um, super intelligence, um, I think that what will become of the world to me is ultimately heavily dependent on societal factors and constructs. And I think that if we're not careful, we run the risk of completely setting ourselves back into the dark ages and, you know, really making things get really crazy pretty quickly. So I worry about that, right? A good example, I'll take it a little less technological for a second. Do you have kids? I do. So how old are your kids? Uh, oldest is 22. Youngest is 15. It's been a while since you changed diapers. Um, so, <laughs> yes. so needless to say, have you ever heard of cocoa melon? Yeah. So cocoa melon, what's really interesting about cocoa melon is they do a lot with the, the jump cuts, the edits, the sound, the colors, the movement. And it basically is like fucking with the dopamine receptors in a baby's brain, right? So there's been studies that have been done now that exposing children to that type of content at an early age actually limits um, certain chemicals in the brain and the way that certain develop acti developmental activities happen. I believe that right now um, we are, there's never ever going to be a generation that was not born with a phone in their hand, that was not born with access to the internet, that was not born with a cell phone or a supercomputer in their pocket. So as a result of it, the reliance, the connection, the dopamine serotonin connection that these people have to devices, I think is really powerful. So why did I share that? I shared that because in a world that is driven by algorithms, in a world that's driven by groupthink and personalized one-to-one -one activities that are set forth by a computer, the world can get really bleak very quickly in my mind. So I'm terrified about AI as much as I'm excited about it because at the end of the day, we see the best and worst of humanity in every corner of the world and every corner of the internet. So I think at the end of the day, that's where... I get worried about to start in the next three years. I, I worry a lot about disinformation and the ability to do psyops on people um, and change human behavior as a result of it. Right? Doesn't matter what. Doesn't matter who you want to see in the Oval Office here. Doesn't matter who you want to see in whatever. People have been put in those places as a result of the power of mind manipulation. So this is where I think that in a society where we have super intelligence that can do things in a moment's notice that a human is not capable of. I worry about what that could mean for humanity. Um, I personally believe that if we look at cyclical economies, um, I'm less worried about a Skynet moment happening to be candid. I'm, I'm not thinking like doom and gloom. I'm actually thinking that the future feels a lot more like Tony Stark, Iron Man, 
than it does, you know, Terminator 2, in my opinion. So I'm excited right. as a technologist. Um, but that being said, I do think that I worry about the misuse of technology. And I think there's a lot of pressure on the Sam Altmans of the world at, at OpenAI, mm-hmm. um, the creator of ChatGPT. And I worry a lot about these big tech companies because I think that they've got a lot of pressure and they've got a lot of challenges on their shoulders. Um, a really good example of that is one of the more popular things you've probably seen all the, the images popping up on the internet, like mid journey, stable diffusion, those kinds of things where mm-hmm. you type in some, you know, words, text to image comes up and it makes a picture of a cat on a piano for you. Right. So when stable diffusion launched their model open source, anyone could download it. And the beauty of open source is you have the community aspect and people can make it better and it's transparent and it's open. And I'm a huge believer in open source. Love that. But then immediately you had people misusing stable diffusion, right? So you have open, so it's philosophical, right? It's like open versus closed, like this versus that. So what I worry a little bit about is our ability to continue to evolve and connect in a meaningful way. Um, But I'm really excited as a technologist. I feel like a 19-year-old kid again, because I one of the things I've been doing right now is every aspect of my life I've been automating. Um, I automate like... I mean, the amount of things I've automated in the past six months has been incredible. I've, I probably save 30 hours a week or more on things that a human doesn't have to do because a computer can do it. Yeah. 100% automation is key. Um, and I, I kind of feel bad sometimes because it's like, man, I feel like I'm cheating. Right. And so that's what I worry about with AI. Yeah. Is I, I feel like we're going to get dumb. I agree with that. And what I would say is for me, we already live in the sea of sameness. You know, we're already a bunch of lemmings in a lot of ways. So I feel like right now, differentiation is really incredibly important. And I think that that's a thing where if all of us are using the same large language models, right now, granted, I, I'm probably a better prompt engineer than most people, right? Because I've really learned how to get good things out of these models. But in a world where we're all accessing the same black box, and by that black box, I mean using Claude, which is by Anthropic, or ChatGPT, or OpenAI's models, you know, GPT-4, 3, 3.5, whatever it is, in a world where we're all asking those computers the same question, in a world where our softwares have LLMs built into them and are responding to what they think we want and need, if we're all using the same model and we're all using the same access to it, and we all level up our ability to talk to it, then at that point, what makes it different? What's the moat? The moat, in my opinion, is then being able to have a fine-tuned model, having your own set of models. So I think we're moving to a world where it's going to be more like multimodal, where you know, GPT-4 is already multimodal because of what it can do in terms of like Im- image recognition model and, and those types of other things it can do. I think in a world, we're going to have almost an unlimited amount of AIs, where there will be an AI that you know, paints beautiful landscape pictures like the one you have behind you. There'll be an AI that's really good at going fetching sports scores off the internet. You mentioned you're a big ESPN and sports fan, right? There'll be a world that's good at removing extra background noise audio from this conversation that might be in the background from our air conditioning units or from different hums and drums, right? These will be fine-tuned specialized models that do different things. So I think in the world, in the world in the future, people, computers, devices, experiences will all call these different models. So I think if you're listening to this episode now or in the future, and you're not already knee deep in playing with these tools, you definitely need to be 
getting used to these tools because an AI is not coming for your job, but someone using AI will. And right. 100%, that is full stop what's going to happen. I think AI is going to create as many jobs as it destroys. But what I worry about is unless you're a tradesperson, you know, a plumber, a, uh, a mason, unless you have a job like that, um, every job from sales to marketing to finance to whatever is already being disrupted from AI. And these LLMs, large language models are getting better and better every single day. And what's possible with them is incredible. I mean, you think about it like this, like I have a meeting now and I'm able to have an AI dispatch action items to people. I'm, a, I'm able to have an AI follow up with what someone was excited about or not excited about. I'm able to take a video clip and have it automatically find specific things based on that without me even having to tell it what to do, right? So this is where like, we're going from like, asking AIs for things to the next step is autonomous agents, which I'm already doing a bunch with where you've got things that are like automated and in spitting out mm -hmm. processes, you know, baby AGI or, or, um, auto GPT or Cognosys or whatever. There's a lot of them out there. Um, but they're really in the, they're like infants right now, right? Six months from now, when this episode finally airs or whatever it is, like the tech is going to be that much better to the fact where we're all going to have our own little Jarvis, you know, and by Jarvis, I, I mean like the, the, you know, Iron Man's Tony AI. AI. Yeah. Or like, or our own C3POs or, or our R2D2s right. and whatnot. But yeah, I think that's where the world's going. I'm excited about it. Um, you can, you can hear the passion in my voice, hopefully, but yeah, it's fun. It's um, a lot of fun stuff happening. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I just, I think, I, you know, one of my big problems with Google, like you said, is people don't have to retain information anymore. Yeah. Used to, it was a pain in the butt to learn something new. So when you learned yeah. it, you had to retain it. Yeah. And now I'm going through that. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling that right now. I'll be honest. I, I don't know if it's, a, if it's age or not sleeping as much as I should be because I'm a dad or whatever it is. But like, I find that right now, like my ability to not that anybody is good at multitasking, that's a fallacy. Right. But right. I feel like, like my cognitive capability is not the same because now you know, like a perfect example is the other day I had like, uh, like a, a spreadsheet problem to solve that spreadsheet problem would have taken me like a couple hours of, of analysis and, and manipulating the stuff. I was done in like two minutes, two minutes, oh, wow. because <laughs> I basically like, was like, all right, I want this to do this and do this. And, and what I'm also doing too, is I'm using voice. So I've got like a, I've got like a microphone. I speak in the microphone. It uses this thing called whisper. Whisper translates the audio into words. The words go to the, the large language model. The large language model does what I want it to do. And it's like slice this data, dice this data intersected this way. Like, I mean, the amount of stuff you can automate now is crazy. Yeah. And like, that's just basic tools, right? Like that's not even that, that's a little bit of Python and some APIs. Like, you know, nowadays, like half the shit I'm talking about, you can do yourself on Zapier or one of these easy tools with a couple of clicks, right? right. In the future, you're not going to need to sit there and hire a bunch of coders to code something for you. You're going to be like, I think I want this to do this and then that, and then this, and then that, and then magic we've gone there. But what happens if we don't teach our children logic? What happens if we don't teach our, our children how to learn and unlearn? What happens if society just starts acting like Wally, right? Or like right. where everything's just like, oh, I'm just sitting there and it's all coming to me, right? right? That's the stuff that gets me kind of like a little bit sci-fi dystopian. You know what I mean? <laughs> I totally agree.
Totally agree, man. Well, this hour has gone really, really fast, Pete. And again, I thank you so much for joining us. Uh, real quick, go ahead and uh, throw out your, uh, your your links and your socials. Tell people how they can get a hold of you and what you can do for them. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, you know, I'm not here to sell you anything, right? So what I would say is I would love it. I've got a free newsletter I put out. Um, it's PeteSena.com and there's a, a subscribe button on the top. Um, if you want to jump in my newsletter, um, sign up. Um, when you get my newsletter from me, if you reply to that email, I get that email. So um, when you get my get my newsletter, if you sign up, um, you know, reply to one of those newsletters and just ask me a question. Tell me what you're thinking about what business you're building, maybe where you're, where you're in life in terms of looking at yourself as creative or not creative. And, you know, I'll send you something or I'll have one of my assistants send you something. Um, it's a shared inbox and, uh, you know, I'm here to connect with people. I'm, I'm basically Pete Senna on pretty much every channel, Pete Senna.com, Pete Senna on LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, I feel like every social channel and now we got, you know, let's see if threads makes it maybe from Mark Zuckerberg's newest thing, but yeah, I can't keep up, but, um, but needless to say, it's been great spending the time with you again. Thank you so much for your service. Um, I think that uh, I'm a big believer in um, leadership, military, and just the, the importance of military. One of my proudest moments was um, when I replaced myself with a president, um, and he's a Navy guy. Don't hold that against him. Um, I can see you're an Army guy, it looks like, but mm -hmm. um, but yeah, don't hold that against him. But um, but yeah, I think that like one of the smartest things I believe that entrepreneurs can do is, is to partner with and to hire veterans because there's no higher purpose or higher form of leadership um, in this country, in the workforce than people who have been in the military, in my opinion. Um, and a fun fact, I'll say in closing, I wanted to join the Corps right out of college. Um, I, was, I, I took all the tests, got all the stuff. And my father basically told me he would disown me if I was in the Marines. Now I, I learned years later, it was because he was scared. He was scared that I was going to go off to war, you know, and, and get killed and that sort of thing. And I think that his intention was right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit envious because I, I definitely want, wanted to join the military right out of school. I feel like I, I could have done some interesting stuff with it, but needless to say, we're here now and I'm grateful for uh, the people who have, you know, put their hearts, minds and asses on the line for this country. So thank you so much. Uh, I, I appreciate your kind words. And to that, I would say, uh, you know, if you had joined the core one, you wouldn't have been near as smart as you are now because joining the core automatically drops your IQ by a hundred points, um, just by joining, uh, you know, and you take like a 10, 15 IQ point hit just off thinking about it. So count yourself lucky. Wow. Um, and and is I, that, is that true? Or you just give just Josh? No, I'm totally oh. making that up. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> just, okay. <laughs> Marines are stupid. <laughs> um anyway no i'm just just making jokes some of my best friends are marines um but uh no man you wouldn't have been changing the lives you're changing right now you know or at I least it would have taken you a lot a lot longer to get there so yeah that's awesome man i appreciate it and as always i'm gonna have uh links to all of pete's stuff in the show notes and in the bios so make sure you scroll down click on him give him tons of love hop on instagram or linkedin or wherever and uh, show him some love and support there as well. Once you're done on there, head over to Renown Leadership. Give me some love. Make sure you like, comment, review, five-star, thumbs up, whatever platform you're on, you know the deal. Awesome. I, I, always, I always complain. I wish they would just uniform it. So it's just one thing, thumbs up, five stars. I don't care. Just make it all the same, please. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, 
So before I let you go, Pete, every guest gets the final wisdom, to speak the final word of wisdom on my show. So my question is, what advice do you have for people to lead like champions? The hardest thing to know is thyself. So learn yourself, learn who you are, because if you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others. So if you want to be a champion in anything, you have to start with yourself. I did not tell him to say that. He said that all on his own. He didn't know I was going to ask that question. So don't don't accuse me of cheating because I say that all the time. You, no, nice. You I don't lead anyone. You can't lead anyone until you can lead yourself. Amen. So uh, my audience is probably really tired of hearing it from me. So it's funny. I, I love the fact that you good said advice. I so. All right, Pete. I appreciate your time, man. We got to bounce. Uh, he is Pete Sinem. Make sure you go give him tons of love, everybody. I am Stephen Morris, your amazing host. And this is the Renowned Leadership Podcast. We will see y'all next week. And in the meantime, lead like a champion. Bye, everybody. I try to sleep, but you're deep in my mind. Got a hold of me. When I'm awake, I'm all blind. Up for this uh, episode of the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I hope y'all really enjoyed it. Uh, bonus episode, actually. I hope y'all enjoyed listening to Pete, and I hope you got some some uh, knowledge, some wisdom from him. The dude, like I said, the dude's a genius, and so I am so humbled and honored to have him on my show. Make sure y'all go to PeteSena.com uh, and uh, sign up for his free newsletter. Uh, follow his uh, instructions at the very end to do that. And uh, I can only imagine it's going to bless your life having having someone like him talk to you on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah, make sure you get that done. Once you're done doing that, head to renownedleadership.com. Check me out. Click the book a call and uh, come come hang out with me for an hour and talk to me about what you got going on. If maybe you need some uh, listening ear or uh, some serious advice, it's absolutely free. Come uh, check that out. And I will see you all uh, for another bonus episode coming up on, or I'm sorry, November 11th, Veterans Day. Um, I got an amazing, amazing Marine of all things to come talk to us on a very special day for me. So uh, with, uh, with all that being said, I'm going to bounce. I will see you all soon. And always remember, lead like a champion. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>